Yo, have you had your dose of pep today? No? Don't worry. I got you. Let's go. Yo, I said yo. Welcome to episode 10 of the Pep Talk Podcast. I'm Coach Jay. The mission of this podcast is to cheer you on and coach you up. And if you're here, then you are officially a member of the Pep Squad. Speaking of which, I've been thinking about some merch. What do y'all think? Shirts? Hats? Would y'all be down with that? Like, let me know. Like, hit me up on the socials and tell me what you think. How about some some Pep Squad merch to get it cracking out here in these streets? Spreading pep, you heard me? All right, so I'm overjoyed to have y'all here. Like, seriously, we're 10 whole episodes in, and this ride has been stupendous, to say the least. Like, I don't really focus on the numbers. I'd rather focus on the impact. Uh, and I believe that impact and life changes happening because of what we do here every morning by the way keep on rating and keep on leaving those reviews okay keep on listening on your favorite podcast provider keep on tuning in via the black with no chaser radio app on mondays drive time at 8 and 10 a.m eastern standard time y'all are my people and i want to keep connecting with you as much as possible now I told you all that I believe that this podcast is having a positive effect. How do I know that? Like a lot of, you know, in podcasting, we look at the numbers, you know, we look at the analytics, but I'm not always sure that the numbers truly tells the tale. I could have millions of listeners and subscribers, which I'm believing for one day It's coming. You heard me. That's right. We're going to spread this message. But having millions of listeners and subscribers doesn't necessarily mean that my true reach, the life change, is happening. And that's what I care about. See, the truth for me is that as a relatively new podcaster, I don't truly have proof that my podcasting is amounting to anything but a blip. But I believe that I'm having a momentous impact. But why, though? Like, why do I believe that? And how can I believe that without any proof? Good question. Thank you for asking. (laughs) See, Oprah Winfrey had a quote where she said, we don't become who we want. We become what we believe. Ooh, that's tough. That places an incredible, immeasurable value on belief as an agent of development and eventually becoming. Now, as a a professing Christian, I know how invaluable belief is, but... Where does belief come from and how does it truly impact our lives and how do we change our beliefs? So today we're going to attack those very questions because here's the why behind all this. It is overwhelmingly important for you to know why you believe what you believe. We should all be able to justify our beliefs and unless we know what our belief system is contingent on or foundationally built on, then we're basically just floating around subject to the beliefs of any and everybody around us. And I don't want you out here floating, Pep Squad. I want you rooted and grounded. And I think looking at the science behind belief can help us get a grasp on it that can enhance our lives. And also, as we talk about who we want to be, You have to believe that that person is possible, plain and simple. 
It doesn't matter who else believes or who doesn't believe as long as you believe. Because if you don't believe, then nothing else matters. So when we come back, we're going to attack three questions. Where does belief come from? How does it impact our lives? And how do we change our beliefs? Jam to the music, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and we are discussing the topic of belief. Pep Squad, we got to believe, right? The Journey song, is, and I know what's going off in your heads right now. Don't stop believing. Hold on to the feeling. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, I mentioned a quote from Oprah in the opening segment of the episode where she said, we don't become who we want. We become what we believe. So we're exploring the topic of belief today and looking to answer three questions. And here's the first. Where does belief come from? So I recently ran across a pretty interesting article on the Melanesian people on the island of Vanuatu. It's a small island that was colonized by the British and French, then quickly followed by Christian missionaries. Then, during World War II, the Americans adopted a process of setting up bases on small, poorly defended yet isolated islands. So they would build these bases and they would stock them full of every resource that they might need so that they would have all of these different locations to quickly retrieve resources so that they could continue uninterrupted on the battlefront. Now, an American soldier named John Frum led the stocking of one of these bases on Vanuatu, during which the people were exposed to the magic of ham radios and all these American things. And to this day, on February 15th of every year, they write USA on their chests, wave American flags, and they worship their, you know, quote unquote, God, John Frum, believing that if they worship enough, their Messiah will return with more technological magic for them. Now, that is belief. And I read where a reporter had asked one of their tribal chiefs, uh, you know, you really think that all of this worship is going to bring your John from back to you? And he replied and just said, you know, Christians have been waiting for the return of Christ. So why can't we wait for the return of John from? Solid logic, I guess. Anyway, now, before you go laughing at their belief, think about the beliefs that you have that somebody else might laugh at. I'm sure you have some. Let's see. Maybe you're one of those people who believes that we are living in the matrix. Is that you? Or somebody out there believes that the moon landing was actually filmed by aliens and broadcast to Earth. <laughs> uh, okay, somebody else believes this. <laughs> Milk and eggs come from plants. Now, before you dismiss me, yes, I looked all of these up. People actually believe this stuff. And no matter how devout you are in these beliefs, I can promise you that somebody out there will look at your belief system and laugh at you the way you probably just laughed at the gentle souls on the island of Vanuatu. But where do our beliefs actually come from? So we get our beliefs in four ways. Hearing, feeling from those around us and from personal experience. So I read an article called The Biochemistry of Belief, and in it, uh, we see that beliefs originate in what we hear. That includes multiple sources and stretches not from just when we were children, but neuroscience has proven that 
Even what we hear in the womb begins to help us form our belief system. So be careful what you're telling these babies before they're born. We don't want them coming out believing that Coca-Cola satisfies your daily fruit and vegetable servings. Again, I looked it up. People really believe that. Simply put, what you hear the most of, you begin to accept as believable, whether true or false, rational or irrational. So our beliefs come from what we hear, but they also come from what we feel. This is also explained by the fact that the effects of the emotional centers of the brain aren't just limited to a certain space. Active brain scans have shown that all of our brain is affected by the output of the emotions that we feel, which definitely has an impact on our behavior. We grow to trust our emotions and provide them unlimited access to define the experiences which leads to our belief systems being formed. This can be dangerous, however, and using social media as an example, we can see how when we're challenged, the emotions that are associated with our beliefs tell us that we're being disrespected and that we should lash out. I know I'm not the only one who sees stuff like this daily, but when that happens, we believe, whether for good or bad, true or false, that our emotions, our belief system is being attacked. And our emotions take over to defend that belief systems. We get offended. We get twisted up and beaten out of shape. And it's because we're trying to protect what we believe. We also form beliefs based on the people around us. This makes sense, right? Religious and political beliefs are, as a general statement, aligned by where we are geographically located or our family of origin. And studies have shown that when there is a cognitive dissonance between what we personally believe and what those around us believe, we begin to seek out locations where our beliefs are not going to stand out, but be more generally accepted. Beliefs may be more aligned in certain areas of the world or in certain groupings of people because they're in close proximity and are hearing the same messages. It's likely that without further outside exposure, Their belief systems will be the same and also be consistently reinforced and strengthened over time. So the people that you hang around with, the people that you are with all of the time, have a huge bearing on what you believe. And if you're around them enough, what they believe, whether you think it's crazy in the beginning or not, it begins to slowly seep and seep into what you believe so that you are sometimes unconsciously adopting their beliefs. Proximity is important. Location is important. And finally, our beliefs are formed by our personal experiences. So another article, How Beliefs Are Formed and How to Change Them, posits that beliefs are formed from our deductions, inferences, and experiences, or by what other people tell us. So in either sense, they become coded into every area of our life, often allowing us to sift through complex information and toss out what does not compute to keep it going because our brain is looking for the quickest way to be efficient. So when we are children and unable to process complex information, most of what we believe comes through our parents, guardians, and the stimuli of our environment. Those beliefs shield us as our brain matures to become able to process more external and internal experiences. Then, in considering our response to those experiences, that emotional output, our brain assigns 
significance to those experiences and seeks to define them in a way that becomes easily and readily accessible to us just in case we experience that thing again. So, in a nutshell, your brain sometimes hijacks your belief system in seeking to shield you from experiences that are undesirable to you. Interesting, huh? Now, I've given you all of this science about where beliefs come from. But I want to tell you that for me, I really believe in my heart of hearts that the hearing portion, that's the key. Um, so I'll ask you, what are you hearing on a regular basis? Whatever is constantly invading your ear canals will always manifest itself in your heart. And whatever fills your heart comes out in your words. And our words are generally how people know what we believe. No matter how careful we are, eventually our words will betray the true condition of our beliefs. Let that sink in. We're going to take a short break, then we'll be back to answer questions number two and three. You're tuned in to episode 10 of the Pep Talk podcast. We'll be right back. All right, we're back episode 10 of the Pep Talk podcast. I'm your coach. Coach Jay, and we're talking about beliefs, where beliefs come from, how they affect our lives, and how do we change our belief system. So let's jump right back in to question number two. How do beliefs affect our lives? Now, this this is something that I am uh, intimately passionate about, is understanding how our beliefs affect our lives. And I'm going to tell you, they affect every area of our lives, like every decision that we make, every mindset we adopt, every reaction we consciously or unconsciously have, they're all based on our belief system. It's the coding within us that tells us how to act or whether to act, how to feel, what to feel, how to respond, uh, what what perspective to take uh, in, in situations and circumstances. And I've discovered that in my own life, I can trace behaviors to beliefs that I have adopted. And to that end, to help you discover how your beliefs are affecting your life, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to conduct uh, a belief audit. And I want you to do this by using a 5Y structure. Now, early on in my life, I worked as a project manager uh, at an auto supplier. And in those engineering meetings, we would use a process of continuous improvement called Kaizen. Uh, and this 5Y structure was a part of it. Basically, we would look at a problem and then we would begin to dig. And at every level, we would ask why, why? And we would drill down as many as five whys down. And each why would uncover something new that we hadn't thought about before. And when I've conducted 5Y audits on myself, Peeling back each layer, even as I try to justify the belief, helps me to see whether a belief is rational or irrational. And when it comes to mindset, we have to know why we believe what, be, what we believe. And so I would challenge you to consider taking some time this week and conducting your own 5Y belief audit uh, because you wouldn't believe what you believe that you've never really paid attention to the why behind it. So I want to quickly tell you three ways that your belief affects your life. Number one, they affect our behavior. If 
For example, if you believe that you are a capable, talented, gifted, and deserving person of success, then you're more likely to seek out the opportunities that will lead to those desired outcomes. Studies show it. You're more likely to engage in practices that will create the life that you believe that you were worthy of. Or it works in other ways too. Like when you believe that you're susceptible to certain illnesses, research has shown that that belief can manifest in you paying closer attention to your health. Or if you don't believe that you're worthy of love, you won't put yourself out there in order for people to love you so that you can receive love. So our beliefs affect our behavior. Number two, they affect other people's behavior. Why? Because what you believe about others can shape how they respond to you. So in a classic study, men were led to believe that women on the other end of a phone conversation were either attractive or unattractive. Like they were given all the traits and everything and they were told to believe, they were given enough information to believe that these women looked good or they didn't. Phone recordings of those conversations showed that the women who were described as attractive behaved in ways that confirmed those prior expectations from those men because they treated them like they would treat an attractive woman. Furthermore, in a similar study, uh, teachers were, uh, as they were preparing for their students for the year, they were given fake profiles of students for their classes. And in the profiles, they were given information about student behavior in flattering or unflattering ways. The teachers preconceived beliefs about student behaviors manifested in whether they believed that it was going to be a great school year or not. And other research has gone on to show that when teachers have received poor remarks about students before they enter into their classes, some of those relationships really do suffer. And the way that those students respond to those teachers takes a big hit. It operates like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that whatever you believe to be true about somebody else, the way that you treat them causes that thing to actually become true. And then number three, our beliefs affect our health. So we see this often in the utilization of placebos where our beliefs can take a medicine that actually has no medicinal properties and we can be healed. Doctors have given patients water pills who have had terminal illnesses, but because of the patient's belief in the ability of this treatment, this pill, this medicine to make them whole, their belief has worked for them. Now, that's not every case and I understand that, but there is enough research out there to show that our belief plays a role in our health. Additionally, people who have believed that aging is not a death sentence, but it's a wonderful, beautiful, natural thing, often live longer and have a higher quality of life from a physical, mental, and emotional standpoint. So y'all, our belief systems play a role in everything that we do. In everything, it, they are integrally tied into everything. All right, question number three, and I'm gonna hit this one really quickly, okay? How do we change our belief systems? Having worked with enough clients, I can tell you this, that there are three ways that I know of to change a belief system. Number one, you have to identify the belief. 
You can't change something that you've not acknowledged. Like you can't face something that you refuse to acknowledge. So you need to know, number one, what that belief is. And you need to identify where it comes from. You've got to know the origin. You've got to dig into it. And this is where therapists and coaches like myself can help you, (laughs) can help you with this. But especially where limiting beliefs are. We have so many beliefs that are holding us back unconsciously. But we have to know what we believe. And when you know that you're believing in a wrong way, it's time to pull that belief. It's time to break it apart. And it's time to see where it's come from to dig for the root cause of it. Because if you don't get to the root, then it's going to continue to bear fruit. So number one, you've got to acknowledge the belief and know where it comes from. Number two, I think you have to understand and really look at the consequences of those beliefs that aren't serving where you want to go and who you want to become. Like, what does that belief held you back from? Uh, For instance, my belief that I am not a great singer has kept me from auditioning for like The Voice or whatever, right? Um, Or my belief that uh, in times past that I was not a great speaker. I've turned down speaking uh, engagements in the past because of that. But because of who I want to become, I can see that the consequences of my negative belief systems have held me back from fully maximizing all of my gifts. So when you begin to understand the consequences, like what the negative beliefs have cost you, then I think it spurs you to action. And I think you really have to look at the consequences, see what it's cost you so that it can motivate you to make the changes that are necessary For you to become all that you need to be. Your belief system should serve the vision and purpose for your life. If it's not, it's time to reevaluate and it's time to make some changes. So number three, replace those negative limiting beliefs with ones that are going to serve you with like employ affirmations, employ Bible verses, read books about people who've been where you are, but have overcome it. Um, talk to people about your story and about your growth and about your journey. You know, you, you can't just kick a negative belief out and leave it blank. Eventually something else negative is going to creep back in. But whenever you remove a negative or limiting belief from your life, you have to replace it with something positive. So if you've ever felt worthless, begin telling yourself that you are worth it. If you've ever felt Uh, that you weren't worthy of love, tell yourself that you were worthy of love. If you've ever felt that you weren't special, begin telling yourself specifically what is special about you. You have to fill the negative place with positive space. If you really want to change your belief system, listen, I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I've seen work in the lives of people is that in order for you to change your belief system, You've got to explore the root of it. You have to admit the consequences of what it's cost you. And then you have to replace that negative place with a positive space and begin to give yourself a new narrative to live your life for and to believe through. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the quote of the day and we will close out episode 10 of the Pep Talk podcast. I'm your coach, Coach J. Jam to the music, people. The music is fire, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be right back.
So actually, the quote of today, we I gave it to you right there at the beginning. It's from Oprah. And I want to go back and I want to revisit it because, uh, and I know this episode has been longer. Thank y'all for rocking with me to this point. Um, but I think that belief is so important. And so here's what Oprah said again. You don't become who you want. You become what you believe. I believe that firmly and wholeheartedly. That unless you believe that you can become that person, you will never be, you will never become it. Unless you believe that you can overcome that obstacle, you will never overcome that obstacle. Unless you believe that you can climb that mountain, you will never climb that mountain. So if it's to be, you got to believe it in yourself. Nobody can believe for you what you have to live through. So if you're going to become the person that you know that you were destined to become, it's time for you to start believing that it is possible and that it's already inside of you. All right. Thank you all for rocking with me on this XL episode of the Pep Talk Podcast. Y'all, I love you. Y'all are my pep family. We are the pep squad. And I hope that this discussion about beliefs will help you evaluate your own beliefs about yourself and about your life. And I hope that it makes you healthier in your life as a result. Hey, reach out. Let me know how this episode has helped you. Uh, reach out at the pep podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram at underscore JB speaks. On Twitch, the Pep Talk Podcast, uh, I'm sorry, on Twitter, the Pep Talk Podcast. Y'all, I-, I love you, and I want the best for your life. I want to see you thriving, not just surviving, and that starts with your belief system. We'll see you next week for episode 11 of the Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, JB. Keep it love, keep it light, and keep it pepper. See you next time. Bye.